0: Welcome to the Bald Guy Beer Review episode foe. I'm your host, Chris. With
1: you as always is Alan.
0: Joining us for episode foe from Faces Brewing, we have Luca Bendy Giordano. Luca, how are you?
2: I'm doing well, Chris. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, listen. We got you on the show here. We're very excited to try a couple of loggers, change it up. We've only been drinking ale so far on the show. I, in front of me, I have the faces Hellas. We're going to get into our review in a minute, but before we do, I'm just going to have Alan go over the rating system
1: for everybody. All right. So those of you not familiar with the ball guy, beer review rating system, we're going to drink the beer. We're going to score it. Score is going to be zero to 10. 10 being the best, most likely an untainable score. Anything zero to five is pretty much going to be a beer that has some sort of defect in it. And we probably won't be trying any of those. Anything six is going to be your okay average beer. Seven, something you'd like to buy. Definitely drink again. Eight's going to be you definitely want to run out, grab that beer. And nine, definitely plan a trip. You want to buy a whole case. Anything along those lines, you know, bucket list type beers. Nice. Nice.
0: All right. So I already grabbed a sip while Alan was going over. Uh, we still got to get video going here, but there is a dog on the front of this can. Luca, can you tell us anything about the can art with this guy? It's like a dog in like flames kind of looks like,
2: you know, the can art is a mystery to me as well. We have uh, one of the, the guys that works with us does all the can art. And um, I usually don't get to see it before it gets sent off and stuff. But sometimes they'll come down and be like, hey, check this out. But uh, that was nice. one that I didn't get to preview beforehand.
0: Nice. Doesn't, doesn't require your stamp of approval. I will say it's kind of cool because on the bottom, we've mentioned this before on the show where we're, we're very big on, is there a printed date? And there is on this one. And what's also cool is there's a message and it says hot in here. So I'm assuming Hellas, they're referring to like hell, you know, H-E double hockey stick, the classic, and then hot in here. Yeah. It's all kind of coming together for me. Nice. It's very crispy and it's very light. I'm a big fan of the crispy boys.
1: Yeah, I also enjoy them. It's a nice change of pace too. It breaks up uh, if you're trying to go heavy IPAs, anything like that. You know, it's a lot easier drinking.
0: Yeah. So, so Luca, can you tell us what you, what you do at Faces?
2: Uh, I'm the lead brewer. Uh, i basically take care of making the beer i help the cellarman take care of some of his tasks and kind of guide him through his day but yeah
0: nice nice you they got you writing any recipes over there yet or, yeah. or what
2: yep the uh the october fest the martin you're about to try is um is one of the first couple of recipes i got to uh put together at faces so i'm pretty proud of it
1: that's yeah. pretty cool nice was, nice
2: uh, it was a, it was a bit of a collaboration with uh, Danielle, our head brewer. Um, we kind of went back and forth a couple of things, but yeah,
0: yeah. Well, uh, we're getting we're we're just exiting uh, Martin season, but uh, very excited to still try it. It's absolutely going to be really fresh. So, for people who who may not know, so Martin is a is the German word for March. And that is traditionally when a Martin lager is brewed to be ready for Oktoberfest, uh, in Germany, which is, I think late September. Or yes, like, it is.
1: It's It's September. Don't go there in October. You'll have missed it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Common, common misconception. But anyway, uh, yeah. So it's a really good, good style. Um, you'll just more commonly, most people, most breweries in the United States, just, just call it straight up Oktoberfest. Yeah.
1: You'll, you'll see that a little more often. Um, out of, like, the mainstream breweries, so if you see like Oktoberfest, that's most likely what you're getting. A lot of the craft breweries now, I've seen them switch to the Martin name.
0: Yeah, tip of the hat to faces for sticking with the uh, with the OG Martin name. They even got the uh, the umlaut over the
1: A, and, and that is that is key,
0: very key. And other than that, then it's just Mars in. And
1: there, there are a lot of people that look forward to these beers year round, and I know they get sad when they go away. It's going to be a, a future theme on the show
0: uh, Chris, the bald guy is all about the details. I'm, I'm in it for the deets. So when I see small details like that, uh, I definitely like it. Awesome.
1: All right. So what, what would you say your favorite thing about working at faces right now is
2: I would say it's having a firsthand input on what kind of beers we're putting together and what kind of things stylistically make sense for creating such a beer and I've really been diving deep on different water chemistries and also trying to um, think more about flavor compositions in a beer rather than just oh I want some crystal I'm just going to throw this bag because I have it I want to really think about, like, well, maybe I can get, I'm going to get a different style crystal. We're going to use it for this beer, and it's going to make the difference in a a normal stylistic beer versus something that's, um, you know, a little bit better, a little different.
1: That's pretty cool. That's definitely something good to hear about Faces, because every now and then you, know, you hear the breweries out there, they're just going to brew with what they have on hand and, and figure something out based on that. So it's pretty cool to hear that, you know, you can think outside the box. And if you don't have an ingredient, you guys can go out and get it to make what you want to make.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll take we'll take a little uh, a segue. Because um, you had mentioned, uh, you know, different different water chemistry. So if people who have been listening to the show for a while will know that eventually we want to kind of do educational segments. So perhaps we'll have you on the show again so you can educate us more on, on water chemistries. But could you like give us like a, a, a quick, very kind of explain it for the bald guys like me out there who are knuckle draggers and kind of mouth breathers. So in, in like simple terms, like why the water chemistry matters, like what, what you're talking about exactly and why it matters for the style.
2: Um, so water chemistry, you can pretty much break down into um, two different two different um, ions that you find. You'll find chlorine and you'll also find sulfur. Chlorine is um, mixed with calcium, as is the sulfur. And both of those things um, are huge. Those three ions, calcium, chlorine, sulfur. Calcium is so important for chemistry. When you're mashing, having your, um, enzymes, having enough, um, calcium to be able to, um, create molecules that will connect ionically to these calcium, um, molecules and bond and the same is happening with the chlorine and ultimately what you're tasting is something that's going to be um more clear on flavor versus something that's a little bit more like um ambiguous on flavors A kind of just i don't want to say muddies but it 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 blends the flavors together to be more of a smooth interaction.
0: But it makes a difference. So like you had more chlorine or or more sulfur, that's going to lend itself to different beer styles.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So obviously people know a lot. They've heard mostly of the Burton style of water, which is super, super, super heavy on the alkalinity. So you're basically adding um, tons of gypsum, which is calcium and sulfur, and you're adding tons of um, magnesium sulfate, which is obviously magnesium and sulfur. And all of those super high salts are thought to bring crispness and crisp flavors out in the beer. That's why that style is known for being such a crisp logger, for example
0: nice nice thanks for that
1: that was a that was, a, that, was that was a great answer i definitely yeah. got some more knowledge base based on that there i'm gonna give a quick hit rating that answer hits 8.2 that's, that's a pretty high score especially on our scale
0: <laughs> probably for people out there they'll probably go 0.25 though
1: yeah I, well at least i would rate our episode as 0.25 the information certainly is 8.25 yeah So following that up, I've been on the FACES website and you guys have quite a variety of beer that you put out there. What would you say are the styles that FACES specializes in?
2: Well, we have one flagship beer, which would be our Progression IPA. It's a hazy IPA. Um, Definitely really fruity. And we use a very specific english ale yeast to uh achieve the different uh flavor profiles in that ipa but other than that that's that's our flagship. we have a few seasonal beers that come around
1: nice well we like- what uh, hops do you use do in that drink- the flagship
2: i don't know oh, i
0: think we're it's losing that- you there are you there Oh, I think we lost like the last maybe fifteen seconds
1: or so of your answer. Yeah, now you're good. Yeah, we got you again.
0: Oh, we're losing them. Okay. My internet is saying my internet connection is
1: unstable. If if you lose it again, I'll I'll reset it. Okay. The brain waves that our hair is blocking might might be preventing it.
0: Yeah, technical difficulties. This is not a professional. Uh, studio here we're doing it in in the bald guy basement at alan's place so all right so i think we're good now we just need to rewind the tape about 15 seconds and go
1: sounds good so before we cut off we were just asking um what were the the hops you use in the flagship ipa
2: um i don't think i'm at liberty to tell you that
1: (laughs) all right i can appreciate a secret Fair enough.
0: So hey, we'll, we'll, we'll switch gears here uh, for questions. And so I'm, I'm almost toward the end of this Hellas. It was a 16 ounce can, and I'm almost all the way through it. So while I'm polishing this guy off, could you tell us how you got into to brewing? Did you go to school for brewing? Was it always your dream to become a professional brewer? Or was it something you kind of stumbled into? Like, tell, tell us a little bit about
2: that. Okay. Um, yeah, so I became in, in love with the thought of brewing when I was like 19 or 20 years old. I knew that it would be easier to make beer than it would be to buy beer. Also, I could make the styles of beer that I loved that were maybe too expensive to buy or maybe beers that you just couldn't find in the grocery store. So I decided that making beer was for me to be able to enjoy the styles of beer that I love that maybe I couldn't get or maybe I wanted more of and was too expensive to buy.
0: Nice. Nice. So did you go to school for it or or did you just kind of wander into a brewery one day and pick up a mop and start mopping the floor?
2: (laughs) No. uh, After a couple of years of homebrewing, I decided that I would enroll in the American Brewers Guild up in Vermont. Uh, It's based out of Drop-In Brewery. It's in Middlebury. And uh, yeah, it was a a 22-week course, which uh, afterwards had a six-week apprenticeship. So, um, I went to school, I studied and I graduated and got my certificate in brewing and did my apprenticeship at 603, worked there for six weeks unpaid, just learning the ropes, a little brewing, a little cellaring, a little everything. And, uh, ended up getting hired on board after my apprenticeship and that's kind of how I launched into the business. Nice. No, that's
1: really cool. That's a, a cool little path there. I was unaware of the, the brewing school up there in Vermont.
0: Yes. Yeah. So all right. So I'm I got I'm on my last sip, Alan.
1: I'm right there with you.
0: All right. So I think we're gonna hit the review on this. And then
1: if you don't mind, Alan, I'll go first on the review. All right. You go right ahead. You give me time to ponder.
0: All right. So obviously we don't have any video left, but this pours uh bright like golden goldeny yellow kind of color. Um it had a head on it that slowly dissipated. Not really a lot of lacing, which is completely fine, I think, for the Hellas style. Um Hellas style generally a sweeter lager. Um it's not as bitter as the Pilsner style, which is like your Budweiser's your cores and, and a lot of craft lagers. Um just to throw that out there. But I'm really digging this man. I this is a crusher for me. Yeah. I'm going, but I mean, it is a logger, too, so it limits its score to me. Like, you can't overtake some of the more complex beers just because. But I think it's very well done. So I'm going 7.0. Solid seven.
1: So, yeah, I've already I already have my score locked in before you said that. And I really enjoyed this beer. And you can see we have some pictures of it. So we'll throw them up on the Instagram. Uh, That way you guys can take a look at it. But I really enjoy the Hella style, like some of the the more flavorful esters and stuff you get out of it. But I'm going to go ahead and give this one a 7.1. I definitely enjoyed this one. Coming a little over bit the top of you. Coming over the top. Absolutely. Over the top. I'm, I'm a fan of the Hellas's though. I, I like them all the time. I'm
0: also a fan of Over the Top, the movie starring Sylvester Stallone. Excellent
1: flick. Do not get Chris going on arm wrestling. We will not be able to get him to stop.
0: Nice. All right. So I'm pouring out the Merrickson in my glass right now. And, Man. This guy looks delicious. Woo! It is a rich amber color, nice, kind of off white, slightly light brown head that's sticking around, sticking around. I didn't really pour it too uh, skillfully, so I got a little bit, probably too much of it. But uh, so, Luca, can you tell us a little bit about this beer?
2: Um, yeah. So, We decided that we wanted to have something that was sweet, but also was balanced in bitterness. It was an interesting process trying to decide exactly how much crystal malts of different varieties to put into this beer to actually get the final result that I had in my head.
0: Yeah, just to, I just took a sip probably through about an inch of foam, which was nice, by the way. I I enjoy that, and yeah, definitely sweet with a little bit of a bite on the back. I well, I got to get through the glass. We'll save the rating for later. But a question that I had for you was, um, you know, we're drinking two loggers on the show, Hellas and Mertzen, both in the in the German tradition. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between a lager and an
2: ale? Um, sure. Lagers and ales. Lagers and ales can both eat the sugars that are in the sweet wort, which is basically fermentation. You're adding the yeast, you're eating up the sugars, you're creating carbon dioxide, you're creating alcohol. And lager yeasts and ale yeasts both thrive in different temperature zones. So ale yeasts thrive in a higher temperature zone, say like 60 to like 70 degrees, 75 degrees. And then lager yeasts thrive anywhere between like 33 degrees and say like 55 degrees that's a little bit warm so 50 degrees each yeast each variety of yeast say ales and and lagers can consume different types of sugars and lager yeast is known for being able to kind of hang around in small quantities in the vessel when you're lagering, which is the process of cooling and aging the beer to mature the flavor profile. And the lager yeast are known for being able to kind of clean up the beer, eat a little bit more of the different sugars that are in there to create a little bit more alcohol. It changes the way the flavor is because the colder temperature means they can create different compounds. And so, therefore, you get a little bit more of a complex flavor in the lager yeasts. And ale yeasts can vary all different varieties, but they're mostly known for warmer fermentations. You can get fruitiness, you can get like bitternesses, you can get all kinds of different like esters and al- higher alcohols, which have different different they, they affect you differently than the regular um ethanol It's in in beer so yeah they're they're no, very very bad. different beings
0: so me individually I, i'm like semi-knowledgeable about that stuff but i, I thought that, that was an excellent breakdown i'm gonna go eight foe
1: <laughs> every time you go with that foe i i just lose whatever track i'm on and not able to continue
0: yeah. But it's uh, paralysis. That,
1: was, that was definitely a lot of stuff that uh, I've learned right there as well, which was cool to see.
0: No, I mean, I think it's important um, to kind of get that information out there because I think that I, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm remiss in saying that I think that a lot of craft beer fans, just because we live in this golden age of craft beer, we can go up to the store and get all these styles. I don't know that they necessarily understand the kind of fundamental differences between the beers, which makes them taste and, and, and appear the way they are. And so when you understand like how that kind of comes about as excellently explained by Mr. Luca here, like you, you get a little bit more of an appreciation. Like, I think that it takes a lot more skill, uh, to, to, to brew an excellent lager per se. than then maybe like a England hazy hoppy IPA. Why is that? Because I feel like with the dominant flavors in those IPAs, you can kind of got to hide a little bit because there's so much going on that the subtleties whereas like where the lager, if there's something wrong, you're going to be able to tell right away.
1: Yeah. Cause you're, you're pretty much drinking beer flavored beer,
0: right? Yes.
1: Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's, and that's, that's, that's a plus a lot of times. Cool.
0: Cool. So, Hey, we're, we're, going to, we're going to check out the can art really quick here on this one. I was so-
1: really liking the can art on this one. It's it, to me, it kind of just looks like uh, some sort of space scene with a guy looking out a porthole down onto a planet or earth. I couldn't quite tell, but um, it was it was pretty cool. Was, Luca, is that you? Is that you? It? It's
2: not me, no. But I can tell you what the inspiration was behind, behind that label. Go on. It was based off of the scene in 2001, A Space Odyssey, where, um, uh, what's his name? I'm sorry. What's, his, what's the guy's name from Space? Honestly? I don't know. I can't
1: help you. <laughs> I know the movie you're talking about, but I am horrible with names. Same, <laughs> cannot
2: help you. Well, he goes inside of the computer that basically has a mind, and he's trying to shut it off by opening bits of memory, and that's based off of that scene where he's doing that.
0: Very cool. Very, cool. very cool. Yeah. So basically, it, it it's this. It's a red and black background. And it kind of looks like um, different like little nodes and it spells out faces on the sea of the faces is the guy looking out. Uh, Well, we assume it's a guy could be a gal. We don't really know. Doesn't really matter. Uh, But it is a person uh, in human form looking out uh, over a planet. Uh, Looks pretty cool. 6.0 ABV one pint labeled on the sea. It's
1: a cool label. And and when you put it next to the beer, the colors really uh, complement each other. I thought it was pretty cool.
0: Yep. As a really, I can tell what, what it was canned on very important for me. And so I've been digging into this one. I'm about halfway through, but I think Alan, I think you're going to go first with your rating. I got my number locked in. So my, full disclosure, my number will not change based off of Alan's rating, no matter what he says. However, we're going to have Alan go first on this one.
1: All right. I'm just getting one more sip in there. Uh, The Oktoberfest is probably right up there with the Martins. uh, That's those fall styles are probably my favorite seasonal styles. So, this rating might seem a little higher than normal for some of our other ones, but I'm going to go ahead and go with a 7.3 on this one because I could see myself Mm -hmm. sitting down, drinking this one, crushing the whole four pack if Chris left it here. Yes, yes.
0: Unfortunately, I only had two of each of these uh, as provided by. Luca himself. Thank you, Luca. Thank you for the donation of the beer to the Ball Guy Beer Review. And this is kind of hilarious to me that you went seven three because now we we are we are falling into a pattern. People might say it's a fix, if you will. But judging by what episode is this again, Alan?
1: Episode four.
0: Right. So it's episode four. And what was your score again, Alan?
1: My score was seven point three.
0: All right. Well, with the score of seven point three, I'm going to come over the top of you this time. And I'm going seven point five,
1: and and that's that's probably I think the highest scores we've given on a beer yet. But granted, we're only in episode four, but uh, this is definitely a well done Martin. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it,
0: it it's a like I said, it's a very like um, kind of coppery color. The head is now dissipated, but it has uh, it has some lacing around around my my glass and. Honestly, man, like the sweet with the bite on the back end of this, Luca, very well done. I really enjoy this beer, and nice this is one. a great fall crusher. Um, yeah. So, can you enjoy. can you tell us about can you tell us about the tap room down there at Faces? Like, wh- what's going on down there? So, we looked at the website. Neither myself nor Alan has been, but it looks like you guys got like awesome food, awesome tap room. Can you tell us about it?
2: Yeah. So we basically. Our licensure only allows us to self-sell, basically, which is, you can only buy it at the brewery, which is on Pleasant Street, 50 Pleasant Street in Malden, and uh, you can get draft beer, you can get cans. Um, We are going to be releasing a bunch of new uh, varieties of beer in the next few weeks, so look forward to that
1: nice we'll be down there I uh, yes definitely so so um how big is faces brewery with uh the brewing capacity you guys brewing uh 10 barrel batches or what are you doing down there
2: yep yeah so we have a 10 barrel brew house we have uh mostly 10 barrel fermenters a couple 20s and then we have a few 10 barrel brights and a couple 20 barrel uh sorry 120 barrel bright
1: oh nice that's That's pretty significant for a smaller brewery. That's a nice uh, setup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds definitely
0: awesome. It seems like it's a really, I mean, without really knowing, it just seems like you guys are a nice little local hotspot down there in Malden.
1: I mean,
2: yeah. Sick. It's are right downtown.
1: It was nice because you answered the follow-up question. So if people like what we're talking about on these beers, and they should, uh, head on down there and pick it up because that's where you got to go to get it. Malden's pretty convenient to, you know, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, you know, any place around there. Uh, they redid the exits. I think it used to be exit like 35. Well, don't, I don't even know. get me going on the exit numbers now.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, Luca, can you tell us what exit number off 93 would probably be the quickest um, if
2: you're coming from New Hampshire? If you're coming from New Hampshire, get off exit 24.
0: Okay, so it's 24. I think it was 35 before it was, was like uh, kind of how you get to like Medford, Malden
1: area, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, yeah,
0: they change it to the, the to the mile markers
1: now. Yeah, they have the old old exit signs right next to the new ones now. So if you forget and you're going off the old one, they're still there. It's just a little confusing every time I drive down there now. Everything's different. And You're like, God.
0: well, it's 2021. Your car should be Bluetooth capable, and you should have a smartphone. If not, I don't know what to tell you.
1: Well, we're from New Hampshire, where we have yet to change our exits to this new system.
0: Well, live for or die, yeah. right? No, they're doing them. Nice. Yeah,
1: they're good. I know they're gonna. They just haven't yet.
0: <laughs> nice. So, so Luca, I guess as uh, to wrap it up here, the final question that I would have for you is uh, like, is there anything that, and I love this question. just this is like a Family Guy kind of fanboy question, but what really grinds your gears? Like, is there anything about like out there, or and it doesn't even have to be in a negative way it could be in a positive way. Like what what do you wish people out there, like craft beer fans, like knew about the process of being in a small brewery and putting out a product? Like what do you wish that they knew? It's a
2: very interesting question. It's a loaded question. (laughs) I guess. I wish people knew that brewing, especially... Um, when you get in these small scales is very inefficient and the amount of work that we have to put in to getting these amounts of beer available to the customer is I don't know. You would be surprised at how at how much we have to go through and consider, I guess, I don't know, I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, I've, I've been to, uh, I did the, the AB InBev tour at Merrimack and I've been out to the largest, the largest in North America, single site brewery in North America. It's the Coors Brewery in Goldman. And let me tell you something, those people like, look like they were on the Starship Enterprise. There was nobody on the floor. Everything was completely automated. And there was a bunch of people like like walking around on the sky deck almost. It, it was wild to me. Uh, automation and ingenuity at its finest. And yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that there's a lot of, uh, especially in these faces batches, we're going to see this is like a lot of like lifting and straining on, on the part of Luca. Yeah.
1: yeah I, think, I think people don't realize how few people work at some of these smaller breweries in the production aspects.
0: Yeah, and, and quick disclaimer to you: it doesn't, it doesn't just, um, you know, it, that doesn't wash away if the beer is not good, right? If it's not good, it, it, it's not good. But at the same time, I think that people underestimate. I think that people expect. Um, and Luca, maybe you can disagree. You're free to disagree with me if you want, if you like. But like, people like expect like Budweiser or Coors type precision from people that are like not fully automated with like PhDs in microbiome working in their in their places. I mean, is that fair to say?
2: yeah it's it's a different world you can't compete with any of the technology that those guys are using these days
1: for sure for sure i think something people take for granted too i've had conversations with chris about this just how difficult it can be to get the label machine to put the dates on the bottom of the can that we're talking about let alone a message
2: yep you be it's variating. Yeah. I've pulled my hair out trying to like get that labeler to stick labels. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think those are the little things that people just don't realize like how much work goes into it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and just as a real, real quick point to that, like I'll talk about like when, you know, cause I have, I have personal experience with this, like working on a small canning line, the lid that you see gets seamed on a, each and every can as it goes by, it's a, and sometimes the thing accidentally drops two lids, right? Luca, yeah, and it's like, no lids. Two, yeah, more than one lid. And it's like, to be able, like you're literally talking about a human being looking at that. And when, you, when, you, when you're given enough time and you kind of know that it's coming, it's very easy to spot. But When you're sitting there and it's hour seven and you're at case like 743, I mean, so like, that's what I mean. It's like, and so I kind of get a little bit of heartburn Sometimes
1: when, when somebody posts that picture on a Facebook group and goes, look, two can't, two lids. How do I open it?
0: Yeah. And by a little heartburn, I'm not talking about a little heartburn. I'm talking about
1: a lot of heartburn. Like I need to I've see seen your there. Facebook post, That is a lot of heartburn. Yeah.
0: I start to go into a rage. Well, listen, we're, we're kind of rambling at this point, Luca. We've enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for providing the beers. Uh, I know we, we hit you up with a little bit of a trade for these, but that's still all good. Uh, thank you for the excellent Mertzen. Cheers You're to welcome. you, buddy. It was excellent.
1: Definitely cheers. I appreciate all the information. I definitely learned something today and uh, definitely always great to have some great beer. Yeah,
0: we yeah, might excellent. have you back for the educational series on on uh, some of this stuff because you know your stuff, but...
1: No, definitely. Man, I, I was learning quite it. a bit.
0: All right. Well, hey, we're going to hit the outro music. Thanks for listening to Ball Guy Beer Review episode fo. Episode fo. We'd like to thank Nikki Richard and her crafts. Alan, Nikki, Richard,
1: uh, Nikki Richard and Blue Wolf Crafts uh, made our glass today. You'll see on the Instagram pictures. So follow us on Instagram, Spotify, Facebook, all those things. Nice etched glass with our ugly faces on it. So please enjoy. And she really did a great job on that one. I'd like to say thanks again. All right. And last but not least, we'd
0: like to thank the Bendy Fork himself. Mr. Luca Giordano, thank you, sir.
2: No, thank you, guys.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks for taking some time out. All right, we're
0: rolling that outro music. We out.